what I want to talk to you this morning about, and this is, I just want to talk to you briefly. We got in last night. We had a 10-hour flight, direct flight. We got in last night, got in, and so I got in bed around 10. I thought, I'm just going to fall asleep. 1.30, I woke up like, let's party, let's go. So I thought, I'll just lay here for a while until 5 o'clock, then I'll get up. And at 4, I said, I can stand till I can stand no more. So I got up, came down here, drank a whole lot of coffee. I feel fantastic. <laughs> so I, w- I was thinking about Veterans Day. A couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, I, I had, we had preached from a passage of scripture in the book of Revelation, chapter two. If you remember, we're talking about the church of Ephesus and and how the Lord went through a whole list of things they were doing right, and and then He got to that one part. He says, "There's just this, this one thing that 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 you missed. There's one little portion that you overlooked, that you've let slip." And he said, you have lost your first love. You ever been lost? I mean lost. I mean, you have a GPS, but it doesn't matter. You're lost. You ever been lost? When we left where, where Chuck and Dell were down in the southern part of, uh, of France, we plugged in where we were going toward Normandy, and we thought, this is great, so... We plugged it into the GPS and just took off. And and we were driving and singing Christmas carols because we had them on our phone and it was fantastic. And I know er, every one of the Carpenter songs. uh, So we were having a great time. And about midnight, we pulled in where we thought we were going to be to realize that we weren't there at all. In fact, we were closer to Belgium than we were we were supposed to be. Yeah, that's what I thought, you know? So, so anyway, we drove, and about 2 o'clock, we found a hotel. We were lost. And so we decided, you know, we're just going to wait until the next day. Got up, found out where we were. You know, sometimes you can lose things, and, and you don't even know it until you realize that you're looking for it. And that was the church in Ephesus. They had lost their first love. And it wasn't until the Lord brought it to their attention that they realized, wow, I lost my first love. And then the Lord was so gracious and said, you know, you can regain it. He said, restore, be restored to your former estate. I love that, that anytime we lose out with the Lord, it's, it's always that we have fallen. But when we gain something from the Lord, we're always restored. It's a any time that you grow closer to the Lord, it's always going up higher. Don't you love that? So, so here's in 1 Timothy chapter 1. Paul is speaking to Timothy. And we're talking about this ripple effect of, of, of one generation of blessing another generation, blessing another generation, blessing another generation. And here's Tim, Paul talking to Timothy, and he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the command of God our Savior, and of Christ Jesus our hope, to Timothy, my true son in the faith. We know he wasn't his, his, uh, his son in this world, but he was a spiritual son. He had raised him in the faith, and he said, Grace 
mercy and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. He says, as I urged you when I went into Macedonia, when he had heard the, the Macedonian call, he was heading into Macedonia, he said, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain men not to teach doctrine, false doctrines any longer, nor to devote themselves to myths and English genealogies. I want you to look at that for a moment and compare it to, to Revelation chapter 2. Here's Paul telling Timothy, he said, Timothy, I'm urging you to stay here. I'm going there, but I really want you to stay here in this area, in this church, in this church of Ephesus, because they are teaching false doctrines, and they're, and they're going through endless genealogies, and they're believing myths. Timothy, I want you to be grounded in the faith, and I want you to, to hold them accountable. So I'm urging you, and he says, to give this command to stay. Look what he goes on to say. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. So here's Paul, and he's telling Timothy, I urge you, Timothy, to stay here. I want you to work with this group of people. I want you to build this people up, and I want you to command them. And you say, well, what's a command? Is it a suggestion? And, and if you look up the word, it's command. Not like, would you please go clean your room, but go clean your room. It's not hearing your first name, but your first and middle name. It's not a choice, no option. And Paul told Timothy, Timothy, command them. He urged Timothy. Timothy was commissioned to give the command. We have talked about the Great Commission, that when Christ was leaving, that he, he commissioned us to command others, to the, that we make disciples, that they adhere to the gospel. I love what, what Paul said. He said, this command that, that I gave to, to no longer teach false doctrines. And if you look at Revelation chapter 2, one of the things that Jesus said about the church in Ephesus was, you do not allow false doctrine. Timothy did a good job. It also said that you tried those that said they were, they were priests and prophets and, the, and you found that they weren't. So Timothy, everything that, that Paul asked Timothy to complete, Timothy did. He even preached to the, to, to, and they talked about love and, 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 this is what Paul said about this goal. This, he said the goal of this command to straighten doctrine out and to, to get people on the right track and to quit worrying about endless genealogies and to quit worrying about myths and, and, and all of these trivial things that lead people away from Christ and they don't focus on the faith. He said the goal of this command is love. It's essential that we understand as God's people that, that he has commanded us to share the gospel, the good news. He has commanded us, he has commissioned us to, to go into this world and proclaim the message of hope to all. But it's also just as important to understand 
that our goal, the goal of the command, is not just to make people mad. It's not just to make people irritated. It's not just to let them know that there is something else and that we don't care. The reality is that the goal of the command to go into the world and make disciples is predicated upon this very foundation of love. My friends, if we don't have love, everything we do, everything we say, will come to naught. Just as Paul urged Timothy, Timothy, I want you to, to make sure that, that you are teaching right doctrine, that others are teaching right doctrine. And Timothy, I want you to, to move them away from genealogies and, and this family's uh, history versus that family's history because in Christ there are no male or female, Jew or Gentile, but we are all one in him. So, and all of those things bring down the faith. And he said, I don't want you to allow those things to happen, but if you don't correct and if you don't reprove and if you don't teach with love it will be meaningless that's where jesus was reminding the church in ephesus in revelation 2 4 yet i hold this one thing against you not that you are teaching wrong doctrine for you're not not that you're holding to genealogies because you're not not that you're listening to myths and fables and fairy tales because you're not the one thing that i have against you ephesus is that you have lost or forsaken your first love paul goes on to say what that love is and you say well pastor what is that love and I, i'm so glad that you want to know because i'm going to tell you it's right right there the goal of this command is love. What is love? Which comes from a pure heart. A pure heart. You know what a pure heart means? Right motives. No strings attached. It's where you desire the best for others. You have a genuine care and concern for the well-being of somebody else where scripture says don't look out just for your well-being but the well-being of others it's essential that if you want to be as successful as Timothy was I would urge you to live out this command of love from a pure heart you ever you ever do something for somebody with strings attached? You thought, no, only politicians do that. No, it, a lot of, most of us do that. Pure love, pure love has no strings attached. You just do because it's the right thing to do. Because your heart is motivated to bless somebody else. When you see them in need, he said the goal uh, of this command is love and, and true love, that, that not just the feeling, but if you want that feeling of love, if you want that passion of love, you have to develop a pure heart. Have, have no other motive than you love people and you want to see them saved. That the lost care, that God cares about the lost and he wants them found. That's it. 
no strings attached, desiring the best for others. He said, not only do you need a pure heart, but you need a good conscience. I don't know if I have a good conscience or a guilty conscience. Sometimes I'm just glad I have a conscience. But it's the amazing thing about a good conscience, what, what he's really talking about is, is a conscience, because your, your conscience tells you what's right or wrong, but usually it works after the fact. You ever notice that? That, that, that your con you feel bad after you've stolen something? Yeah, I remember when I was a little kid walking home from school and I saw this Tonka truck in the front yard of somebody else's house and decided it had my name on it. I took it home. I didn't feel bad at all until my parents saw it. <laughs> then my conscience kicked in after a little motivation from my parents. Yeah. A good conscience simply means, how, how do you develop a good conscience? It's, it's obedient to the message of the gospel. That's what he's really talking about. If you want a, a good conscience, because if, if you rely on what you think is right, you'll stumble and fall. Because there's a way that seems right unto man, but the end of it is death. Something else about a conscience is it can be seared, it can be scarred, it can, it can get to the place where it doesn't work. Because if, if you perceive something to be bad in your life and you continue to do it, eventually you'll get to the place that you feel it's just fine. Because your conscience will not work. That's why it's so important and imperative that we have a life that is filled with the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit can act as our conscience and as our guide. And what Paul is telling Timothy, if you want true love, you not only have to have the right motives of a pure heart, but you have to have a good conscience. You need to know what the gospel says, and you need to be obedient to that gospel. That you need to lay down your ways and follow the ways of Christ. There is no other feeling greater than when you lay down at night and you put your head on that pillow that you realize that you have a clear conscience. That you know of no one that you have hurt or have done wrong. And that if the Lord should come for you that night, that it is well with your soul. Can I, can I speak to you for a moment? A clear conscience only comes when you understand what the Lord wants from you and you are obedient to it. Then and only then does your conscience become clear because you're just simply doing what the Lord asked you. You know, when you stand before the Lord, He is not going to ask you uh, how many how many people you brought to him he's not going to ask you how many churches you helped build he's not going to ask you how many shoe boxes that you have filled and if you're looking over here thinking pastor you have forgotten those no, i have not i have a plan what the lord is going to ask you is were you obedient to my word did you do what i asked you to do it's amazing that, that there are times in your life that, that, you can, that 
the Lord will speak to you and you can be obedient or disobedient. Uh, there's been mo multiple times in my life, I'm sure there's been multiple times in your life. And I'm, I remember driving down the road and seeing a homeless man pushing his, his uh, grocery cart. And I'm wondering, how did he afford the grocery cart? But I think he borrowed it. Uh, so, and he had all of his stuff in it, and it was cold weather, and it was, you know, that rainy California weather, and, and I remember the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart and said, go get him a sleeping bag. And I thought, no, I'm too busy, Lord. And then I saw myself in the story of the Good Samaritan, and I wasn't the Good Samaritan, I was the priest or the Levite. And I said, well, Lord, I tell you what, I'll be driving right back through here in a few minutes. And if he's here, I'll do it then. You ever try to bargain with God? See, because in my mind, I knew he was going to be gone. But the Lord played a trick on me. And as I drove through, I saw him again. And so I thought, okay, you win, Lord. So I went over to Target. That's my favorite store, by the way, Target. It's really not. That's... But anyway, so I'm at Target, and I'm looking at all the sleeping bags. And there's the $39.99, there's $29.99, and then there's the paper-thin $19.99. And I thought, perfect. And then my conscience hit me and said, no, he's sleeping outside. Which one would you want? So I ended up getting the $39.99, took it, and as I was going to find him, I drove by McDonald's, and yes, I drove in, and I got a Big Mac, and an order of fries, and a Coke, and you want to know how good I was? I didn't even eat a fry. I thought about it a lot, but I didn't, and sure enough, I found him, and I gave him this, the sleeping bag, and I gave him the food, and I told him that Jesus loves him, and he came to Christ right there. Not really. He didn't even say thank you. And I was hurt. I had spent a good portion of my afternoon helping this guy that I don't even know his name, and he didn't even say thank you. He didn't have the audacity to say, I appreciate it. And then I thought, the Lord didn't ask me to do it so I could get accolades from him. The Lord just said, do it. See, the results are not up to us. The Lord's just going to simply ask you, did you do what I asked you to do? If you want to have a clear conscience, obey the word of God and allow the word of God to have full effect in your life. Then, and only then, will you have a clear conscience. So you will have a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere faith. What is sincere faith? It's undisguised belief. That's exactly what it is. It's undisguised. I am a passionate follower of Jesus Christ. Why are you, 
Why do you love me? Because the gospel says, love your neighbor as yourself. Why are you speaking to me? Are you trying to share the gospel with me? Absolutely I am, because I know that Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and I have found eternal life, and I want you to have it too. I am not going to lie to you. I'm not going to put it behind a, a popcorn machine or a snow cone machine or smoke and mirrors. I believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ and where you're living and what you are doing can be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the gospel. We cannot be ashamed of the gospel. If you want to have and live out this, this goal uh, of command uh, to love. Love requires a pure heart. It requires a good conscience, and it requires undisguised belief. No gimmicks, no frills. This is what God did. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I believe, and I, this is not in the notes, so this is free you don't have to pay for this at all. But I do believe that, that when the scripture says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that that is exactly what he meant. That he loved this world. He loved humanity. He was willing to lay down everything for us. And I believe it's time that the church in America rises to the challenge and realizes that no matter how, how many catchy phrases and how many great uh, songs that we sing and everything else, nothing can replace the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he died for our sins, that he is the hope of salvation, and that if you don't know him, you have no hope. That is our goal. That is our drive. That is our ambition. But we do it with a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere faith. And when you put them together, you're creating an atmosphere where love will permeate your heart. Pure heart, good conscience, sincere faith. Mix them together and what happens is we begin to love Christ loved. I was in uh, France last week talking to a young Chinese man, Z King. We, we were uh, at the retreat for Trinity Church, and I think we had 17 different nationalities there. It was, it was just absolutely amazing. And this young, this young guy, talking about ripple effects, this young guy was, was there. He, he's been in, in France for 10 years. And 10 years ago, he came as a, as a student, didn't understand French. He was there as a student. And, and the person next to him, while they were checking in and, and getting registered, he said, do you need help with your French? I'll be glad to help you, and maybe we can partner and kind of work. And he said, yes, that would be nice, because he didn't have anybody. And then, so he started he started hanging around this guy and this guy started teaching him French the problem was he was using the Bible because the guy worked for crew and he said hey Z King do you want to go to a Bible study with me and Z King said I knew no one so he said yes so he started hanging around him he said do you want to go to church with me yes 
Zeking became a passionate follower of Jesus Christ. No one in his family knows the Lord. In fact, he lives in a town over one million people and does not know one Christian. So Zeking gets on fire for the Lord. So he starts getting other Chinese students and says, man, you need to come over here because the church, get this, the church is the family because everybody in the church is from some other place and they're looking for a place to identify and to be known and to people to know their name. And that's the church. So they start bringing in, he starts developing a, a Bible study for young Chinese students and more start coming to faith. One of them was Ying Yong. Ying Yong had just given his life to Christ and I believe it was in, in 2014 or 2015 I took a group of, of young people over to France and they were at this, at this retreat where they were uh, working with young French students and they were trying to help them understand or teach English and they were speaking in English and they were sharing the gospel and Ying Yong went and he was talking to those that, that we had brought and he says I just don't know if I can be a Christian because I live in a town of over a million people and I don't know any Christians and they said you can do it and they started pouring into his life and then then a couple of years later we were over there for a few months and and we were talking to him and he says pastor I'm getting ready to go back into China and I don't know anybody and there's no one that I know that's a Christian and I'm going to share my faith with my family to make a long story short he goes back witnesses to his family his family becomes Christian just so happens right if in the Chinese culture, you only have one child. Zee King is still in Paris because he feels like the Lord has him there in ministry. But he's not in China to take care of his parents. But Ying Yong comes from the same town. And Ying Yong ministers to his family. His family becomes Christians. And, and Ying Yong tells Zee King... I'll take care of your mom and dad. And this giant ripple effect. And it all started with a guy from Crew. Do we know anybody from Crew? Tom, do you know anybody from Crew? It all started with one guy that said, I feel a call to go to France. And to minister to young students. And when that young man left, he didn't leave on his own. He had men and women like you and I supporting him financially and in prayer. You say, well, who are they? I have no idea. But I guarantee you this. That if you have given to missions and if you have blessed somebody and if you have encouraged somebody, when you stand before the Lord, as that young man did from Crew, and he doesn't even know that Z King has done all these things. And when he stands before the Lord, the Lord's going to say, look, because of your obedience to the gospel and you went 
Z King is here, and Yu Young is here, and now there's a church in China that was never there before in a town of over a million where there's no Christians, and now, and now, and now they're there. And if you're one of the ones that helped support that young man, when you stand before the Lord, he's going to say, hey, look at this ripple effect. You don't know how important it is to love with a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere faith. It's a ripple effect.